Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 50 States High Pointing Podcast. The High Pointer we're speaking with today is Robin Watson from Ohio. Robin, welcome to the show and thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So Robin is a board member of the High Pointers Foundation. And so a lot of our listeners have seen the sticker on some of the benches at High Points. So we're all familiar with the foundation. And Robin's here to tell us about her high pointing and the foundation and what you can do to support the foundation. So Robin, before we get into the foundation, can you tell listeners about how you started high pointing and then how you decided to become involved? So my journey high pointing started through bird watching, oddly enough. Um, Yeah. There's actually a pretty good crossover. I think it's just people like crossing things off lists and that's a lot of what birding is. So a fellow bird watcher told me about high pointing and he was trying to get me involved for many years. And one day I just thought, let's see what Kentucky is about. (laughs) And so I did uh, Kentucky and Virginia and kind of got hooked, uh, stuck with it for a few years. Um, he, my friend unfortunately passed away and he was not able to finish all 50. I think he got to maybe 46 and that sort of lit a fire to kind of pick up the hobby and, and take it more seriously and to finish it. So yeah. that's kind of where my journey began. That's when I officially joined the club rather than just doing it on my own. And I started the next year going to the uh, conventions that they hold every year. So well, can you talk about so some of your talk- most memorable high points and maybe what you like about high pointing in terms of the travel and how it gets you out seeing the country? Oh my gosh. There's so the that's the best thing about high pointing is all the memories. They're all memorable. Yeah. Every time I go high pointing, there's just another crazy story that ha- I mean, I've been pulled over. They thought I was smuggling drugs in Texas. No. Um, really? Yes. They, <laughs> it was, um, we've, I've found a missing person and on that same trip, it was, um, uh, yeah, just every, every high point has a story to tell. And, you know, I love, I, I personally love Kentucky. I love Appalachia. I love the history there. I know that that one isn't everybody's favorite, but for me, there was personal meaning to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You get, you get hailed on, you get a failed summit. They all have so many special meanings. Um, Gannett Peak I, in Wyoming was the one, one of the hardest things I've done. And it was spectacular. The views, the, the trip, the journey. It was just, you wow. know, yeah. Uh, well, I, I want to know more about Gannett Peak, but first, we can't just gloss over the fact <laughs> that you were suspected of smuggling drugs and you found a missing person. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so my friend, um, who kind of started the journey with me, she had moved to Florida. So she had Florida tags. She had an Ohio license, and I had a Kentucky license. And those three states are kind of known with I-75 with, with drug yeah. movement. And we were three o'clock in the morning driving in the middle of nowhere, Texas, trying to find this little hotel to get a few hours of sleep before we climbed Guadalupe. And uh, we we got pulled over and they held us for hours on the side of the road, separated us, all these other, it was an interdiction unit, all these other officers showed up and they were just drilling us, you know, has anyone else 
would have been able to put anything in your bags? Have you been in like inside of your bags this whole time? And I was so naive. I just was thinking, I just told them I might have one of my friend's hair ties or a sock or something like that in my bag. And they were naming off all these drugs that I'd never even heard of before. And eventually, I, I don't know if they just looked into our story, because surely these two girls from across the country with matching, you know, not matching tags are not going to climb this mountain in Texas. But they let us go eventually. We make it to the hotel room. We get up, we get to the trailhead, and we wanted our picture taken. So we saw someone kind of coming down from the switchbacks, and we were like, well, we'll just wait a little while, and maybe this person can take it for us. Uh, but the closer he got, he was, like, dirty and just sunburnt and mumbling, just not something was not right with him. And mm-hmm. as he came down, we were, we kind of asked like, Hey, would you mind taking our picture? And he was just kind of ignored us, um, gave us a really, it was a, it was a bad vibe. So we mm-hmm. went back to the ranger station, told them what we saw. And apparently there was a group of special need adults and it was like a camp outing or a hiking trip of some sort. And oh. one of them had gotten lost and they had been out looking for them all night and he had been out in the elements all night long and so they were able to get him from the trailhead after we told them that you know we had we had seen him there so that one was quite the adventure yeah it was crazy oh my gosh was there i mean that that's fantastic that you helped find that missing person from the adult group that's really special was there ever a moment in the police interrogation where you thought like could I have drugs? Maybe I do. <laughs> you know, it it seemed like we had been, they kept us for so long. I just was thinking, did they find something that I d- wasn't aware of? Like, oh, I, yeah. you know, you think you know your friends, you know, but <laughs> I did, did, did Stephanie have something in her bag? Because we are telling the truth, you know? So I just was worried there was something in this rental car or in her bag that I didn't know about. <laughs> but oh, luckily, luckily we were in the clear. That's great. Always <laughs> a happy ending when that happens. <laughs> So you mentioned you did Gannett Peak. Um, Mm -hmm. Was that after you had some climbing experience under your belt? Did you go with a guide? So I go, um, I I was on that trip was led by Dave Coville. He's the president of the foundation. Um, And he had sort of taken me under his wing and I'd been progressively going on more challenging trips with him. Mm -hmm. And this one was very challenging. so I had, I did have some experience. We did some practicing out in Colorado, you know, on glaciers and things like that. So I wasn't, uh, it wasn't a completely new experience once I got there. Wow. So what was that like? How long did it take? Oh, um, I, oh my gosh. We were probably there for, we hiked in 20 something miles to the Stetter campsite where they have the horses, Can't, stayed there, camped another night, camped at the base, then back down to, yeah, it was a few nights of just roughing it. Um, we did, we were horse assist- assisted with the uh, Stetter camp. Okay. If anybody's doing Gannett, I highly recommend them. They were, they're amazing. They cook you food. <laughs> they, wow. they, they take all your stuff in most of the way on horses. So you just have to carry a day pack. It was, cool. it was great. Yeah, that okay. was a, that was a great experience. Uh, I almost didn't make it off that mountain. Um, 
on the way down, my knees swelled up. I thought I was going to have to be airlifted off. I, I didn't think I could take another step. And that's when I found out I have arthritis in my knees. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. I'd never had a problem with my knees before that, but that was, uh, that was, you know, it's a lot of climbing. <laughs> so for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a long trip. Yes. Even with the horses. Even, yeah, even without the weight. I don't know what would have happened if I had had to carry all my stuff out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so have you done any other mountains further west? Oh, uh, let's see. Arizona. Um, I've not done it. I, COVID was supposed to be my out west year and it didn't <laughs> put a damper on, uh, on that. That was our convention was supposed to be out west that year and. I was going to use that time to do some high points, but yeah. no, I've not done. Uh, I attempted Hood and Rainier early in May last year, and uh, the weather kept us off. We we it was probably just too early in the year for us. Um, mm. And I attempted Orizaba over New Year's oh, wow. Eve this past this past New Year's Eve. Uh, that was my first experience with altitude sickness. I didn't summit. I got right to the glacier about 16 something feet, probably 16,000, maybe 700. I'm not sure where that was, but I got pretty sick. So I had to, had to go back down. Yeah. yeah. What did what it did feel it? like when you got sick? I was shaking uncontrollably. Um, I was pretty nauseated. I was pretty tired. Um, and I was with Dave Covell again, and he was pretty concerned and, we had two guides with us, luckily. So one of the, the junior guide took me back down. Um, yeah. It, it just kept getting worse and worse. I laid, I could barely drink water. Just turning over in my sleeping bag made me nauseous. It was, I would have never summoned it. You know, sometimes you look back and you think I should have pushed a little bit more. How much more could I have given? And, and I'm very bad about that, but I am a hundred percent certain I would not, I would not have summited. I would yeah. never have made it across that glacier. I was so sick. <laughs> so yeah. I made the right choice. Yeah. Good. Well, I, I heard that's a cool trip anyway. Uh, you know, regardless of whether or not you summit. A hundred percent. And I have to go back now. So <laughs> yeah, of course. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so do you still do bird watching? I do. Yeah. Not mm -hmm. as, um, not as often as I used to. I kind of wax and wane that with that hobby. It, uh, you know, and it, in the summer, it's not good bird watching. They are, they, uh, they don't like the heat. So. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. By that time, they've already like migrated, right? Yeah. Spring is great. And Ohio is a great birding spot. They all kind of, they fly into the coast, skip over the southern states, and then they all come rest here in Ohio. So it's, it's, oh, great. it's a great migration area. Okay. Wow. I uh, was on a boat of bird watchers. I didn't even know it. My husband and I were going to the Channel Islands from Ventura to Santa Cruz Island. And they were on a bird watching guided tour. Yeah. And our we got off at Santa Cruz Island and that was just one of the stops for them. But they went all around the islands and um, just listening to their guide or their guide talk about what they were seeing. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And the cameras that they had were insane. Yeah. Wow. You would think uh, a pair of binoculars, a hike in the woods, what a cheap hobby. It's not. No. <laughs> then you start looking into trips like that, a big, a big day, a big year. I mean, it gets, it could be very expensive. Yeah. They, their cameras look like telescopes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. those, those cameras in particular are, because they have to be able to catch the movement. 
as well. Okay. Uh, there's something special. My sister does macro photography and her lenses are very expensive, but her objects are pretty still. But to okay. get those birds in flight and that far away, it's the, those lenses are insane. You could buy a car for some of those cameras. Yeah. And I heard all of them talking about the, the technicalities of their different cameras. I'm like, man, this is a different world. <laughs> yeah. I was on the boat just hoping I'd see dolphins. I did. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so then you mentioned you're a member of the High Pointers Club and you've attended some conventions. Can you mm -hmm. talk about those? Yeah, so once I officially joined the club, and I wasn't just doing it on my own, um, I decided to go to one of the conventions, meet some other uh, high pointers. Uh, I was a little nervous going by myself. Um, it was, it wasn't, too, I, I love road trips and I love traveling, but usually I spend that whole time solo. So going to a big convention where there's lots of people mm -hmm. who probably know each other. <laughs> you know, right. it's intimidating. So um, on the high pointing, on the 50 states high pointing page, I, you know, every time I, I, I kind of high pointed my way there and I would post, oh, I'm at this high point. It's my whatever, 17th high point, my 18th high point. Yeah. And a lot of people had seen me kind of on my way there. Cool. And Tim Webb was the president at the time of the club and he came up and, um, introduced himself and so that was just and he was sort of like this one-man welcoming committee everybody knows tim webb uh he's from alabama and uh he introduced me to some other people and it's just such a welcoming community and everybody just wants to tell their high pointing stories and yeah um, so that was uh that was sort of my that was my experience with my first convention and i've been to everyone since okay so what year was that Hmm. That is a good question. Or where was it? Also a good question. Um, Massachusetts. <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I haven't done the Massachusetts high point, but everyone said it's really beautiful. Yeah. It's a pretty cool little spot. It was a cute convention too. I, I liked that one. So, and it was an easy one from Ohio and I hadn't done most of the high points on the way there. So it was a nice little, a nice little trip for me. And so, yeah, a lot of people that I met were, um, were like, oh, you're the girl that was posting, you know, you're the, you're the one I, oh, I saw your, your Facebook post on. So it was, it was just, that was a nice segue into conversations and icebreakers and yeah. so from, yeah. So then I started going to all the conventions and now I volunteer for convention crew, which is just helping checking people in, um, Dave Koval's wife and I, Becky Koval, we are co co heading it for our second cool. year this year in Georgia. So, yeah. yeah. And so, so, what can what some can of the listeners, listeners expect from this year's convention in Georgia? Georgia's convention uh, is going to be hosted by Tony Cobb and Amy Cashin. Uh, we're staying at a really nice resort down there. I know they have a lot of activities for hiking parts of the Appalachian Trail. Um, the facilities has, there's mountain biking and hiking. Like it's just sort of like an outdoorsy person's dream. Um, the convention, there's always guest speakers speaking. There's usually somebody who's done the seven summits who is, who will wow. speak. There's usually, um, there's always an icebreaker the first night. Um, and it's just cold ones and storytelling. Uh, there's always a watermelon festival at the summit. There's always a banquet dinner. Um, 
the fa- there's always a foundation meeting and a club meeting. If, if people want to get more involved, going to those meetings during the, the convention is a great spot. And there's always opportunities to volunteer and you can snag anybody and ask, how can I help? And they will probably send you to Dave or me or Becky, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So. so let's transition to the foundation. So can you tell the listeners about what the foundation does and how you got involved? The foundation was started to sort of support projects needed to sustain access to the high points. Sometimes that looks like um, harboring good relationships with the owners of the property because some of the some of the high points are still on private property. Sometimes it's you know it's the easements and contracts for that. Sometimes it's um, trail maintenance. Sometimes it's simple as. Okay. Um, a new gate or, you know, or, or digging out a new trail that's been eroded. So the foundation (laughs) raises money, gets to, gets the donations. Um, honestly, the hardest part sometimes is finding the projects, um, and communicating with the bot, the government bodies or agencies that you need to, to be able to, uh, find somebody, finding the person within those agencies to, to get the, the green, you know, the green light on projects is very time consuming. Yeah, some of the projects that we are working on right now, honestly, our biggest one is updating the website. It's pretty ancient, and we all agree that it needed a, a nice facelift, so we've got a few people working on that right now. We are working with the Maha Day Trail Association to extend the trail in White Butte, North Dakota. Um, okay. So we're gonna we're sponsoring some kiosks, uh, self-closing gate, some trail maintenance. Um, our focus is mostly at the trail, um, at the trailhead, along the trail, and, and at the summit. So we don't work much outside of those zones. So mm-hmm. anything that's going to preserve access, anything that's going to make access more available to more people, um, that's sort of where the foundation comes in. Wow. So what is it like working with the private landowners? Are they are they more open and do they understand that they have this crazy club of people that want to stand on their land? <laughs> uh, the, it seems like um, the people before me have done a really good job uh, harboring those relationships and really fostering mm-hmm. like uh, a good understanding and finding a good common ground between both parties. Uh, so, and I, I think mostly they just don't want to be bothered. They don't want um, any destruction of property. They don't want to, of course, people mm-hmm. knocking on their door 24 seven, you know, in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So um, I, but I think, you know, it's, it's a lot of contract work. It's a lot of lawyers. Sometimes it's uh, it's, but most of the time it, people are pretty open to it. There's been one or two where um, I think Maryland is one where there's been some, like where it's sold and are the new owners okay? Are the, are the, (laughs) you know, there's been a few incidences like that, but for the most part, I think that they understand the, the value, you know, that, that other people have for, for their property, the, the, and how important to having access is to it. Does that make the property value go up if you're on like the highest point and it's sought after? You know, I don't know. Um, I was trying to work with the woman in Indiana and I was wondering the same thing, like, Cause it's, it's, especially in Indiana, it's literally right next to this like giant cow farm. And then it's yeah. just this tiny little spot in the woods. And I was thinking, I wonder 
is this have any significant value except for a few thousand people across the country? You know, so I don't know what it, I don't know if it does or not. That's an interesting question though. <laughs> maybe I'll leave it in. I won't edit it out. And maybe somebody can comment on if they have the answer. Maybe some yeah. appraiser is listening and, uh, <laughs> and they have some expert advice. <laughs> and and uh, Dave, Dave Kovo might know. He works with all of these, all of the homeowners. Um, he's okay. done extensive work in North Dakota protecting the easement that we have there to give us access to the summit. So, um, and he's, a lot of that work was pretty recent, so he might know. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Wow. That's really interesting. So what is your favorite part about being part of the foundation? Um, I, I, let's think, um, my favorite part about being on the foundation is, I like going to a summit and seeing Kentucky is a great example. It could use a lot of work. And that's something that the foundation is, is working on, but it's one that is taking a lot of time because they're, because of politics. But, mm -hmm. um, to go to some place like that and to see how run down it is and then to see the work that the foundation puts in going back five years later. And being able to see the work that has been put in and not just to make it pretty, but sustainable, you know, for the environment and for future vi visitors for decades. Um, mm -hmm. Accessibility for people with different needs. It's just yeah. really satisfying to see that that's something that I'm a part of and that that's that's a legacy that will last for generations. Yeah, you're right. And and the people that I talk to just throughout doing this podcast, this is such a big, I don't want to say it's a big part of their life because they have other things too, but this is, um, it's not only a hobby for them. They actually love everything that high pointing entails and they document it a lot by taking pictures at the high points and putting that together. And I often put that at the end of a YouTube video as like a slideshow. And in order to do that, to stand on these points and to take these pictures in these places, your foundation makes that possible by access and and just by maintenance as well. So you, the work that you do in the foundation and with all of your colleagues there, it helps so many people achieve these goals. And they come from all walks of life, I'm learning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a really, it's a cool thing that, um, some people spend the better half of their lives trying to achieve all 50, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, I love hearing the stories about, uh, I love the little kids who have got yeah. 25, you know, they're 10 and they have 25. I love the stories of, I didn't start until I was 65 and retired and, you mm -hmm. know, I'm, and I'm going to try to get all 50. I, I, that everybody's story is so different, but they're all, you know, we, it's all for the same love. It's all for the same goal. It's all just for just, you know, trying to tick off all 50 of these 50 plus, you know, then we've got, you've got county high pointers and oh, you know, I know. All, the, all the territories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've met a lot of people um, just doing this podcast who have a, they have so many lists. Like after mm -hmm. they're done with the States, there's another list and then there's another one and another one. Yes. And it's cool because <laughs> yes. if they weren't doing those lists, they're, they'd be finding another hobby that has lists and, you know, it, it gets you outside keeps you healthy, keeps you moving. Mm -hmm. I don't see a problem. <laughs> and you see parts of the country that you would never 
ever see. Yeah. I prefer driving, no matter how far away the summit is. I prefer mm-hmm. driving because you just see the most random. You meet the best people. You get the best stories. You get pulled over by cops in <laughs> Texas thinking that you're smuggling drugs, you know. So yeah. just all of these all of these stories come from just be, just because we're all on the same journey and there are yeah. a million roads to get there, to get to the mm-hmm. end. And we're all just driving them and telling our stories. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a really cool experience. So for the listeners who want to know how they can be involved in the foundation uh, from wherever they are in the country, what can they do? They can go to the high pointing foundation website at highpointingfoundation.org and there are lists of all of our past projects, our future projects. Um, all of the board member details are there. If you wanted to reach out to someone specific, if you needed to email the foundation, all that information is there. If you want to donate, you can use PayPal. You can use your credit card. That it's it's all there, um, listed easily on the website. Perfect. And I'll provide those links in the show notes for the podcast and YouTube. And also you are on Instagram as well, where you document some of your projects. Am I right? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give that as well. And um, thanks for being here, Robin. And thanks for giving us information about the foundation, because I always talk about the club on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted you here because the foundation makes what we do possible. And it really elevates the quality of the experience on a lot of summits. So the work that you do is important and it's appreciated. So thanks for your time. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Tune in every Monday to hear new stories from High Pointers. For more information on the official High Pointers Club, visit highpointers.org. To contact the editors of the High Pointer Club magazine, Apex to Zenith, email newsletter at highpointers.org.